It's the Double Doink Podcast with Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. The Double Doink Podcast is an unwrapped sports production. Hello, football faithful, and welcome to another episode of the Double Doink Podcast. My name is Brendan Deeg at Eagles Talk underscore on Twitter. And of course, I'm joined by my co-host remotely again, Mr. Eric Warner at Bears Talk underscore on Twitter. Eric, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Um, still doing the same routine. Um, staying inside as much as possible. Um, it's raining today, so that might ruin my afternoon <laughs> walk, which is all I have to look forward to. Um, how about you? Good man, I think it finally hit me. Uh, I tweeted the other day, it hit me a couple days ago that I actually miss sports now. I'm getting uh, I'm getting anxious. There's nothing to watch on TV anymore. I'm going to going to the sports channels, and it's all rewinds of old Toronto Toronto playoff series. And of course, we got nothing to nothing to really look forward to there except the Raptors. So, uh, today we have a special guest with us, Connor Miles of Philly Sports Network, one of the one of the go to follows on Eagles Twitter. Connor, how are you doing today? Hey, Brandon, doing good, man. I'm glad to have you on here and talk to both you guys. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. Anytime, man. So before we get going, tell the listeners a little about yourself, uh, how you got into the business, um, how you kind of got to where you are today. Philly Sports Network, I know, is one of kind of the, the growing um, go-to follows on Twitter. And uh, they've got some pretty big writers and all the guys there grind. So kind of tell us a little about Philly Sports Network and kind of how you got there. Yeah, so I started my writing career with Philly Sports Network. Uh, Liam and I met each other probably around the 2015 season. I mean, uh, through Twitter, but uh, it was just his passion to grow that site into Philadelphia-based sports reporting was just phenomenal to me, especially since he lives in the UK. Uh, I I really appreciated his grind, and I, I saw his vision and thought I could help make that into what he wanted it to be. So I started there, was noticed by a couple of outlets, especially USA Today Sports Media Group. So I did move on to the Eagles Wire and wrote for them for a little bit. Now I'm back home with Philly Sports Network, you know, just grinding away. Was also with Fansided before, reported NFL news for them. Um, but yeah, that's just pretty much the story. We all At Philly Sports Network, we're just striving to report Philadelphia news, give great analysts and opinions on the Eagles, Flyers, Sixers, Phillies, you name it. Uh, I mean, that's basically it. We're all just trying to grind. And because, I mean, I think a lot of the new media outlet is about giving hot takes and getting people to interact off those hot takes. And it's a bunch of first takes. It really is. It really is. And that's just not what we're about. Uh, We'll offer our opinions. And if you don't agree with them, you can hit us up on Twitter and say something about it. You can comment on the article. We'll write back to you guys. Uh, we're, we're really down to debate and talk about our takes and opinions. And if you don't agree, that's fine. It's not about just bashing people or just making a really big hot take and then just leaving it like that, like you'd see WIP do. Uh, we're just really, you know, we're really, we, I would like to think I'm insightful. Uh, I think Liam is as well and a couple other writers. But if you don't agree with what we say, well, we're here to debate it and, uh, it's okay to have different opinions. I think a lot of people get stuck in the hot take world or uh, who has a check mark or not on Twitter. But uh, I mean, we're not all going to agree at the end of the day, but it's just sports. We like to debate. And especially during these times where we don't have any sports on, we don't, we're staying in house. Uh, I think a lot of us just want to talk sports. And right now you see a lot more interaction on Twitter and a lot more article views and all that stuff. But Hey, if you, like, like I tell everybody all the time on my, uh, on my podcast, another just another football podcast. If you don't agree with what I'm saying, hit me up. That's fine. We'll talk about it. I'm down to the debate yeah. no matter what. It's we're gonna have differing opinions no matter what. Um uh, but so Warner, uh, Eric, just a little um insight here. So he works for Philly Sports Network and uh correct me if I'm wrong here, Connor. Liam is from England or London, right? London, you London, yep. So he started a Philly uh webpage and Twitter kind of following from London. And that's pretty uh, just kind of from us. We're from Toronto, Canada, right? We're not we're not from the States. So it's kind of uh, it's cool to see other guys from different countries kind of uh, bringing a following around. So uh, I mean, so like, for him. like is, is like the time difference. Like, is he still in the UK? Yeah. So the time difference is is funny because I'll, I'll I'll hit him up. I'm like, I, I know during like 11 or 
or midnight at night, I should tell him my article's done so he can go ahead and start reading it and now and editing it. But uh, I mean, his work speaks for itself, uh, guys. He really he got noticed by the Philadelphia Eagles themselves. They did an article on him uh, and how well he works and how hard he does. I mean, the guy even. He's at the point now where he left his own job just to pursue this full time. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he had his own office to do this. So I I had a Twitter account starting in like 2013, uh, 2012, around that time. And I ended up like getting a battle with Twitter. I lost my password, couldn't get it recovered. And me and Liam at the same time, it kind of happened to both of us. So we had to kind of restart. And just his... uh, his grind to kind of get the following back when he had to restart as well. It's uh, it's cool, man. It's cool seeing a guy from London, England do this. Uh, are you a four for four Philly guy? Do you like all the teams or? So I'm not because I was originally born in, in New York. So I have been a Yankees fan forever. But, oh man. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I know. I know. But everything else. Yeah. It's it, Eagles above all though. Absolutely. Oh, Warren, did you hear that he's a Yankees fan? Yeah, I know. That hurts. Um, <laughs> I mean, are we, are we Blue yeah. Jays fans in here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we are. But I'll pray for you this, guys. This um, <laughs> layoff actually probably helps the Yankees right now. They're going to get healthy. They were about to start the season with about four or five key guys hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, they should get them all back by the time this is over with. The thing about them is the death is crazy, though. They have... They had guys in the minor leagues that would start on some other teams. Yeah, so, it helps when you got a helps when you got a helps when you got a multi billionaire running that team, man. Yeah, it does. They, they. I, I mean, we can talk all day about this. <laughs> I could, I could debate with you guys back and forth about this all day, but I mean, they, yeah, they have the money. Uh, I'll admit it. They, it's they mostly win because of the money. I mean, you see what they just gave Garrett Cole in free agency. So yeah. Yeah, they, uh, we we uh, watered you. I was I tweeted the other day, man. I missed those uh, 2015. Uh, it was 2014, 2015 runs. Those two yeah. playoff runs, man. Uh, it's nice. 2016. Yeah, but, man. I missed those teams. I know we missed our we missed our chance, and now we're. You guys got some young stuff coming up, though. Yeah, yeah I'm well, actually so excited <laughs> for this year just to watch the young guys. Yesterday or was it Thursday? It was supposed to be opening day, so. Yeah, it, uh, it sucks. Um, but before we start, I gotta ask you guys: Have you guys watched Tiger King yet? I know you have Warner, and I think yeah. you just started. Oh, oh my oh, lord, it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> let me just start off saying Carol Baskin killed her husband. Yeah, hundred percent. She's trying to deny it on the interviews, makes her look even more guilty. <laughs> it's almost like she wants people to know that she did, just for more attention, more fame. She was the craziest of all of them. Yeah. Nobody nobody even mentioned I mean anything about, they mentioned the meat grinder but nobody even mentioned how or way she did it and but she did. She was yeah. like uh I'm not going to put his hand through the meat grinder. Uh you definitely put the his car, hand through the meat grinder. The car was clearly planted at the airport or whatever Oh yeah, her dad did that. Her dad or the cop it, brother. <laughs> her dad, eh? you got a theory here. Yeah, that's the craziest show I think I've ever watched, though. It is crazy. I'm excited to get more into it, but yeah. Me and my mom, we watched the first two episodes, me and my mom, and we were looking at each other like, holy. Yeah, it's not what you expect. (laughs) Yeah, it's not what you expect. uh, Did you, do you, like, remember this going on, or, like, because you're from, you're from the Florida area, right? So do you remember this going on? I honestly never even heard of this until now. I never remember that because this is all. This is not even just Florida. This is all over the world news, and I don't even remember this at all. Uh, I never even heard of Joey Exotic until I turned this thing on either. So I did not expect people to own big cats like this, <laughs> or like to yeah. be that much in love with it. And then I guess like if you do own them, you have to at least have hoop earrings, long hair, and join like a cult like type yeah. environment. Yeah. It's it's so messed up that you can just own like what a thousand tigers and like cougars, and oh, uh, I, I I didn't know I didn't know it was like that. Uh, it blew my mind. Anyways, um, make sure you uh, check out Philly Sports Network. Connor Miles um, got some good stuff there, and it's one of the fastest growing um, Philly sports networks going around. So let's talk some birds here, Connor. Um, let's start with the big uh, acquisition the Eagles had this offseason. Darius Slay was traded for a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick and then signed to an extension, I believe it was three years, $50 million. Um, I think it kicks in in 2021. So here's my theory on this, and I want your opinion. I loved it at the beginning, um, but like the more I dive into this trade, I'm slowly kind of 
changing my mindset. I'm not a fan of that third round pick leaving because I want a wide receiver in the first round. I want them to trade up. Uh, what's your overall opinion on this? I'm slowly kind of uh, not liking it as much as I did at the beginning. Well, I mean, so I was team signed Byron Jones because of what you just said. I, I didn't want to give up anything. I just wanted to just give up the free agent contract. Now that I've had more time to sit on it and digest, Byron Jones got a ton of money up front from Miami. And from everything I've been told and heard from other people, he did not want to play in the NFC East. If it wasn't going to be for the Cowboys, he didn't want to play in the NFC East. So that's what drove him to Miami. And that's why the Eagles pivoted to plan B really quick. The thing about Slay is I think a lot of people are focused on his age. Uh, I mean, he just turned 29. Corners can play past 29, especially him. Uh, you look at his body of work. I know he was banged up last year with the hamstring, and that's going to affect any corner, especially at his age. But you look at him with Matt Patricia, and what a horrible fit. What a horrible fit for a cornerback. Uh, Matt Patricia is dead set on playing man-to-man press coverage, and you won't budge on anything else. So last two seasons, Darius Slay has played the, the third most in press coverage, and it really just isn't his forte. He can play press, absolutely, but you need to mix it up, and you need to play off coverage too because he's really great in, closing, in his closing speed and off coverage. Uh, so I, I look at the trade, and I'm thinking, how is he going to fit with Jim Schwartz? Because you know how Jim Schwartz is with corners. He likes to play a ton of off coverage and zone. And they're, I believe they're the most zone-friendly team last year. Now, that had a lot to do with the injuries that they had at corner. They had a revolving door at corner, so they had to play a lot of zone. Yeah, they kind of had to, man. The, the secondary was depleted. They couldn't, right. uh, couldn't throw anyone man-to-man. So they had no choice. But over the course of Jim Schwartz's defensive coordinator career and with the Lions, he, he plays a mix of both. And that's what really plays into Slay's ability to perform. Uh, I think a lot of people get stuck on how he played last year, and it wasn't great by his standards, but the hamstring is what really messed him up because he suffered that injury in week three, and he was off and on in the medical tent. I know he only missed two games, but he did miss some key drives being in the medical tent. Um, It's not an indication of what he's going to be going forward, though. When you go back and look at week one when they played the Cardinals, uh, they went into overtime, so this plays a huge factor into it. But he had the most coverage snaps of any defensive back in the NFL that week. And he only gave up one catch for six yards, and it was on a third and 16, and it was meaningless. Uh, so 58 coverage snaps that game, and he only gave up one catch for six yards, and it was on Fitzgerald. I mean, it was third and 16, so he didn't. I don't think he put that much effort into it either. So... The play is still there with him. He can still ball. He can still play. I hear you losing the third-round pick. I don't like losing picks ever. But I do get a sense now that the board is going to play out. I don't – unless the Eagles want to really package up future picks next year, which I doubt it, given this – I think this draft is going to really show you how many teams are going to be planning for the 2021 draft because they've already want to push it back. Um, you can't really have guys in your building. It's obviously FaceTime stuff and – you have to send out, uh, I guess, I don't even think you can send out your team doctors anymore. I think they even stopped that. So you Yeah, all facilities are shut down completely. Yeah, you can't really get a grasp of these guys. So, and I don't see the Eagles trading away future picks next year. I don't, that's not how Howie Rosen likes to operate. And if he does, he likes to recoup them. Um, I see a more trade down scenario now. I see where because I know you you want to go up and you everybody wants to get the rugs of the world or the lamb or the Judy, but I don't think they're going to be there. I don't think it's going to happen. I think you're going to see the Raiders, the Jets, the 49ers, and the Broncos being the major players for those three guys. And I I just don't see the Eagles being able to get up to that point unless they want to trade away future picks from next year, which is not really likely at this point because. That draft's probably going to mean more than this one just because, I, I mean, you're going to be lucky to get three guys out of this class that actually contribute to your team, to be honest with you, because of how much you're losing knowledge-wise of meeting these guys, getting to know them, and getting their medicals straight and all this stuff. Everybody's just going off of what they saw at the Combine at this point. So it's it's tough. Uh, I see more of a trade-back scenario now. I think they're going to trade down and recoup that pick that you're talking about uh, that they lost in the Lions trade. 
I think they're going to move down a little bit and maybe be satisfied with the wide receiver they take at the time. Maybe look at corner still. I don't think they're going to pick at 21, though. I think they're going to be picking in, in the in the 28 to 32 range, maybe even 34 at the Colts pick in the second round. I don't think they're going to be picking at 21 now. So I think when you when you look at what they lost in the slate trade, I at this point, I believe how he's going to make it back up. Right. Deeg, I'm happy you're coming down a little bit off the slate trade. Basically, you were ready to start the parade. <laughs> when that trade happened. Um, I like Slay a lot. I like that you brought up his hamstring injury. Um, hamstrings are an injury that tends to linger throughout the season. Um, being a Bears guy, I've watched Slay quite a bit. He owns the Bears. He, um, he does. <laughs> it was funny. I, I sent you a word. I sent you that clip of uh, all of his interceptions, and I guess for half of them were Trubisky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, Trubisky threw the ball right to him a couple of times. Yeah. Um, so I like Slay as a player. Um, I still believe the Eagles in their offseason should have gone quantity over quality. They gave a lot of money to Slay. Um, he's worth it, but there's still so many holes, in my opinion, in that secondary. Um, well, like, losing, like, losing like, Warren, that, 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 that quantity and quality line like stuck in my head when we talked about in that other episode. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't, like, the more I look into the straight, like, I just feel like we're going to be stuck with a Denzel Mims. Or a Rager or a Hamler. I'm a big Lavisca Chenault guy, but like it just, I want one of those top three guys. And we've talked about this one or a thousand times. Those three guys are like way above the other receivers. So if they yeah, don't have yeah. the capital to trade up and get one of them, it could be a problem. Like we don't have, we didn't do anything in the offseason to establish the wide receiver position. No help to Carson Wentz whatsoever. We lost our backup tackle, which I think uh, Vitae might be the biggest loss so far. No one's been talking about it. So what we got? Uh, who's the Aussie rules guy? Uh, the name's uh, going through my head here. Who's the guy we drafted in the seventh round? Uh, Jordan Ma- Malta. Yeah, Malta. Yeah, exactly. So like he's our what our, our backup tackle right now. So we're not helping Wentz at all. And the more I look into the trade again, that third round pick is so was so key to trading up and getting Wentz some help. I don't know. Like I love Slay. I do. Just at twenty nine, it, it scares me. Um, I don't know. I, I've kind of I've had a big swing on this Warner and Connor. I don't know. So here's I, what I'll say about that: they've done the quantity route. They're it's not working. They're not getting the right guys to fit. Darby's been cooked with injuries. The injuries have just ruined his career. Uh, oh they man, I can't. Grounds. If they're if they bring that guy back, if they bring Darby back, no, he's not. He's not coming back. <laughs> I they, hope not. That that uh, Ruby Colvin signing is just all but done. They're done with corners and fields, you know. Um, so they've done the quantity thing. They got, they got Darby. They drafted Sidney Jones thinking he was going to be something. They drafted Russell Douglas right after Sidney Jones. They have they have Jalen Mills. They've added – and then they drafted Avante Maddox. They've, they've added corners hoping that that route will work, and it's just not working. So they went out and got the proven guy. So I get it. And when you look at it, he Jim Schwartz drafted him. So, again, you're using his his vocal uh, – Schwartz's uh, – vision and following it again uh i don't know i just look at i i watched him the last two seasons his all 22 and i saw a guy that could still play but was being forced to be a press corner when he's more of a mix of both and when you force somebody to do it's pretty much a chip kelly it was chip kelly all over with matt patricia to be honest with you he's forcing people to buy into his philosophy and Uh, i don't i don't know about that i well you know what it's it actually is kind of similar now that you say it but Chip Kelly was just – Nobody not, can Chip Kelly. Bill yeah. Bryan is the closest to Chip Kelly. I'm talking about from a philosophy standpoint where Matt Patricia thinks he can fit everybody into his philosophy and they have to bu- abide by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not working, clearly. If you see the Lions the last two years, they've taken huge setbacks since firing Jim Caldwell. Um, I look at how Slade played with Terrell Austin, and Terrell Austin would make him do press and make him do off coverage a lot. And the mix of it is what helped him perform so well. And I think that you're going to see that again in Philadelphia. I think he will do well against it, especially when you look at him. You look at this division. It's just Amari Cooper and Terry McLaughlin, really, at this point. Uh, Sterling Shepard's an injury-prone player. Darius Slayton is going to be great for the Giants. So I guess you can add him to the mix. But I mean, those are the wide receivers he's going to be going up against. And he's paired well with Cooper a lot. He really disrupts Cooper off the press. So um, 
Well, he like that's why he kind of brought him in, right? Amari Cooper has averaged 95 yards against us in his five games. Like that is outrageous. Yeah. So I mean, that's really, <laughs> I mean, you brought him in because you need a guy to take away a side of the field for once because it never happens. Um, I hear you though. I hear the concerns. I mean, that's why I was team signed Byron Jones because you don't lose the third and the fifth round pick. I think a lot of people were focused on the lack of interceptions, but the way the Cowboys scheme is their zone scheme is you you the corners aren't supposed to be looking at the ball they're supposed to have their back turned to the ball and disrupting mm-hmm. the wide receivers so you're not going to get interceptions that way the kid had eight interceptions in college and he didn't play that much uh he's gonna be having interceptions in miami i think a lot of people just get stuck in the box score a lot with him uh, i care more about if you're shutting down the side of the field and that's what well, like if, you, if you took a look at the eagles last year like the biggest problem Compared to the 2017 run or even the 2018 run, we couldn't get we couldn't turn the or get takeaways right. Like we were, I think, 22nd in the league in takeaways, mm-hmm. and we were the only team that made the playoffs in the bottom 15. So yeah, I don't know. Like I, I've just I don't know what to think of it. It's I, I loved it at first. I think it was more of kind of just like in the moment. I was really happy that we finally did something. It was the first kind of move that the Eagles made. Well, besides Javon Hargrave, but uh, yeah, we'll see. It, it's yeah, exactly. Exactly. I feel like I feel like if it does work, it's going to be short term. So it's kind of like let's go for it. Um, but like, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about the Nick Foles trade, Warner. Um, you said that you did not like the trade on the other episode. Fourth round yeah. pick for your new quarterback, Connor. We're very familiar with Nick Foles. Um, what's your overall opinion, Connor, on what's going to happen in Chicago at the quarterback situation? Do you think Nick Foles thrives here? I think this is his last chance. So I feel like he's kind of have to, or I think it's all over for him if he doesn't make a work in Chicago, right? Like no team's going to give him another starting job. No, no. I mean, at this point, honestly, he's going to be a backup. Um, I talked about it on my podcast, and I I ran it by some people that, and they agree with me. This is just them reinforcing how they feel about Mitch Trubisky. They added a guy that they think that can push Mitch Trubisky, and if they need him to start. At any time they can, and he knows Matt Nagy, Nagy's offense by being with him in Kansas City. So, it, listen, Ryan Pace loves Mr. Bisky. They traded up one spot to get to make sure they secure him. They're not giving up on him already. I think a lot of people want them to give up on him. I'm not a big Mr. Bisky guy either. I think, <laughs> I think they're. I, I really think Allen Robinson really makes Mr. Bisky a lot better than he is. Um, but. That team is fully invested on Mitch Trubisky, and that because they could have easily added Cam Newton, obviously from Thank what we saw you. now. They could have added Andy Dalton as well too. Not, I mean, at this point, none of those guys are really your franchise quarterbacks. But I think Cam Newton would have been the best route if you wanted. He would have been worth a shot, in my opinion, because he was free. Um, giving up a fourth round pick for Nick Foles. The more I think about it, it didn't. I just didn't like it. It. And like you said about Trubisky, Trubisky's still on this roster. Um, his confidence must just be completely shot. Um, mm, I, uh, I mean, if you brought in Cam Newton, yeah. If you brought in Teddy Bridgewater, maybe. I think the reason why Teddy Bridgewater wasn't – because the Bears were in on him. I think yeah, the reason why they, he wasn't – because he doesn't want to compete. He yeah. Took for, he took the first job that guaranteed him a starting job. And it was the Carolina yeah. Panthers. He didn't care what team it was, because the Matt Rule. The Bears, Matt Rule is losing his mind in Carolina. I don't know what he's doing there. That's a long conversation. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but you look at the teams that were in on Teddy. It was the Bucks and the and the Bears, and the the Bucks were clearly waiting on Tom Brady's decision before they went forward with that. Um, the reason why he didn't choose the Bears. I mean, this is again, this is my opinion, but you look at what the Bears did at quarterback, and it makes me feel like this is right. Uh, they. Must have told each quarterback coming in, hey, you're here to compete with Mitch. We are our plan is we want Mitch to succeed. We want Mitch to be the guy. He needs to be pushed. And no quarterback's gonna come in and say, I want to push Mitch Trubisky. They everybody's gonna think they're better than him. Nick Foles is the one guy that would say, Okay, yeah, I can come in and compete. I've done it before, I've been a backup. Uh I handled because again, you go when you go to the Philadelphia Eagles and you win a Super Bowl with them and you you admit that okay, I'll still be on the bench, you you know that. They they, they, they they made it known Carson Wentz is our guy. And no matter what, you can win a Super Bowl for us, you can do everything for us, but Carson Wentz is our guy no matter what. And Nick Foles accepted that. So, again, you look at Ryan Pace, he's probably telling, and Matt Nagy, they're probably telling Nick, hey, we need somebody to push Mitch because he's underperforming, but 
again, and at the end of the day, you can do all this for us, but we want Mitch to be our guy. And what quarterback's going to say yes to that? Nick Foles. Not Teddy. Not Cam. I, honestly, I don't even think Andy Dalton will at this point that's either. A, I think that's Andy Dalton will to start. That's a really, really expensive contract to take on for all of that. I oh, no, it was dumb. You. I mean, oh, he they, they traded for him to be the starter. There's no chance yeah, Mitch Trubisky starts week one. I I do think there will be a competition in camp or whatever, like Connor said, but the way the amount that they're paying Nick Foles, it makes no sense to bring him in to sit him on the bench. Right. Um, so, and I mean, what Nick Foles are we getting? The amount that we're paying him. For such uncertainty, it boggles me. Like it, I didn't like the move just just because we're taking on that contract. Here's the: they are going to compete. I still think that because Mr. Bissy's on a rookie deal, that you can say, okay, we can acquire a quarterback with a salary and get out of it if we need to at some point. Um, ah. It's tough. So, so Connor, listen to this theory. Warner no. threw this out to me the other day. Uh, what if that field goal goes through the post? What if there's no double doink? Trubisky goes on to the New Orleans. No, we would go yeah. on to the Rams that year, and we would have beat the Rams. <laughs> so, I mean. Like, it's just, it's crazy to think that those two guys were going at it in 2018, and it was, a what, a 40-yard field goal that ended up completely, yeah, it's completely changing the, the entire landscape of that team. Oh, right, man. I, I mean, I, it's. I mean, because that defense is so great, and I mean, the thing that really hurt the Bears this year was they lost Vic Vango, and yeah. had to switch to Pagano. And I mean, Pagano is a good defensive coordinator. Don't get me wrong, but I mean that that shift and change really exposed how much they needed to lean on Mitch and how much he couldn't be that guy. Because I yeah. don't think he's going to be the guy for them either. I think at some point they're going to be forced to turn to Foles because of. Mitch's inability to be that guy. His accuracy is just horrible. Yeah, he <laughs> throws <laughs> off his back foot so much. It drives me nuts. It must see, that was my problem with Foles when he too. first started in Philly. I, I was like, dude, this guy always throws off his back foot. It's so annoying. But yeah. but also, also um, last year, the Bears' offensive line really took a step back, and I thought that did. really hurt Mitch. And the management, we haven't addressed the uh, offensive line at all. This um off season, like, uh, why wouldn't you give why wouldn't you give Vita the same contract the Lions did? Yeah, I don't know why they weren't in on that. Um, there's a couple guys. It's starting to look like so we have two second round picks. I'm actually starting to hope that they use both those second round picks on offensive linemen in this draft. Um, because they haven't addressed it at all. Well, there's like what four or five good tackles in this draft. They're all going to go in the top 12, top 13. There's teams at the top oh, of that draft that need tackles. I'm so bad that they need depth. They don't need I'm I'm going to go back to the same thing I said about the Eagles. They need quantity right now, not quality. So here I'll I'll give you a second round offensive tackle that I think the Bears should char- target is Ariza Cleveland. If the right. if the Chargers don't take him with their second round pick, I think the Bears should be on on him. Uh he's a starting tackle in this league for sure. I, I don't I don't know why he's not being talked about more in the first round. He exploded at Boise State oh, his last season there. Man. When you when you draft tackles in the first or second round, you're expecting them to kind of plug in and play. Like the Andre Dillard thing for the Eagles last year. That doesn't really happen a lot, right? Like when you're drafting a guy that early, yeah, um, you want especially, to yeah, you're playing right away. So uh yeah, uh Warner the I was thinking too like past couple of days, I sort of don't like the Foles move at all. That's kind of my opinion. Uh, I liked yeah, it at first, but like the Cam Newton, like Cam Newton's sitting there. Do you think they're regretting it? Like you could pay Cam Newton. He would probably love to go somewhere in the NFC to play the Panthers to show yeah. them up, right? Yeah. I just I feel like the, the Nick Foles trade wasn't a step forward or a step backward. It, we're in the exact same spot that we were before the mm-hmm. trade, in my opinion. It all that it did was fill up salary cap space. They were in on Cam Newton when they were talking to the Panthers. Uh, I don't know what the holdup was there. I, it definitely wasn't medicals because he got I, a clean bill of health. So I know that they, they said they something about said it. They said that they were worried about his um, health. That was the report I saw was they don't know if his body can hold up for a 16-game schedule. That's a fair um, assessment, though. It is yeah, I wonder that. Exactly. It is a fair assessment. But if, if Cam Newton goes somewhere on a one-year prove-it deal, I think he's going to be so motivated. You're going to get a motivated, angry Cam Newton ready to just fuck shit up. And whoever gets him, like, I, I, think, I think he's a good, uh, good bounce-back candidate. 
Man, I, w- I was looking at the MVP odds of the guy. Like, whoever he signs with, if he starts. Yeah. Like, uh, so I, it's tough because I don't think his body's going to hold up either, though. I think a lot of teams are starting to be wary of the older mobile quarterbacks because of how their body deteriorates. I mean, you look at Michael Vick, his drop-off was huge. Yeah, but he was awesome at this age, right? His best year was in Philly. I, I think Cam Newton's in his prime right now. Like, he looked good. I saw a tweet the other day. I was laughing my head off. It was like, uh, Cam Newton's working out to gospel music right now. Whoever gets him, like he was in the yeah. he was in the gym, like pumping gospel music, and he looked he looks good, man. And he's motivated. I agree. I I think wherever he goes, it's a steal, and you're I, not gonna have to pay him a lot either. I think it's gonna be the Chargers at the end of the. But I still think the Chargers are gonna go Justin Herbert at six because every everybody have I heard from saying that they're locked in on him at six. So I don't know. It's not that many opportunities. I know a lot of people peg him to go to New England, but that's not happening. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Bill Belichick's doing that. It's not even that. It's that they're they're sold on Jared Stidham for some reason. I don't know why. They have no cap space. They put themselves in cap hell. They can't really even sign a quarterback if they wanted to at this point. They can't even get Andy Dalton off the streets if they wanted to. Um, I think they're just going to rebuild. I, I I think they're just ready to rebuild, and they like some whatever they see in Jared Stidham. Because I've talked to Mark Schofield, who works for NFL Wire, the, the Pats culprit on SB Nation, and He's been at the combine. He's followed the team forever. And for some reason, Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick love Jared Siddham and think that they can go into the season with him and, and be fine. I, I disagree. I know that they hit Brady in the sixth round before and Siddham was drafted in the fourth. And I've seen what they've done with Matt Castle, blah, 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 blah. I don't think Siddham is that. I don't think he was. He was really good in college. He had a, I think it was a sophomore or junior i can't remember he was rock solid he was going to be a top or first round pick and then he went kind of fell off he went from not fitting in a baylor offense to also not fitting in the auburn offense and i mean he has the tools to uh, he has an arm it's just i don't know i just don't what about trevor lawrence trevor lawrence to the patriots tank for lawrence yeah trade back in the draft well they're not going to recoup a first round pick they're not going to be a playoff team this year, so they're going to be drafting high. Because you look at that team top to bottom right now, and you look at them picking twenty four. The defense. Uh, they lost a lot of guys in the defense, though. Too. They lost. Yeah. Uh, they lost Landon Roberts. They lost Kyle Van Noy. They lost Jimmy Collins. Danny Shelton. I mean, yeah. I know Belichick. He he loses guys on defense all the time, and then he plugs people in, and then goes from there. So. You could see them doing that again. I know they kept Devin McCourty too and Chase McCourty, but that offense is bad. It's so bad. They haven't, bad they haven't done any, yeah, they haven't done anything to make it better. Like they lost their starting quarterback, and that's it. They haven't even tried to make it better yeah, at all for Stidham. This has gotten worse. They lost Phil set, which I mean, he's replaceable, but they have no tight ends. They have canal harry who's probably their best wide receiver right now at this point edelman's not getting any better at this point either their offensive line is really not that great either as it used to be um sony michelle and james white that's about it they have they literally okay. haven't done anything it boggles my mind like why wouldn't they're in on austin hooper why aren't were they in they on any no of, like they literally have no money they played themselves into thinking i here's what i thought and i've been told i'm wrong on this because I, apparently they knew since the combine Tom Brady wasn't coming back, which I don't know the way that they played the cap. You would think that they thought that he would come back and they would go from there. Cause Tom Brady isn't about money. You can fit. You can, you can look at you. Can Are you sure it. about that? I think it was about money. He didn't take that much with the Buccaneers. He, he's taking, he he's only making barely a little bit more than Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, but he's 43 years old. Yeah, and Tannehill got overpaid like crazy. <laughs> they both did. Well, both if, you look at, if, uh, if you look at the starting quarterback salary, Tannehill's about in the middle of the pack now. He's making he's averaging twenty five this year, and so is Tom Brady. You look at you look at other guys. Jared, look at Jared Goff. Look what Zach's about to get. Look at these uh, quarterbacks that are just about to start in these long term extensions. Yeah, but Phil they're Rivers young. Tom Brady's forty three years old, giving a twenty five guaranteed. To a, a 43 quarterback, it's just I've never seen anything in like this in sports. Bill just, Rivers uh, got that from the Colts. All right, actually, yeah. Connor, I got a question for you. Me and uh, me and Deke had a huge um, debate about this. At this point in time today, if the season was starting tomorrow, would you rather have Drew Brees or Tom Brady as your quarterback? <sighs> Tom Brady. Yes, sir. Uh, no. <laughs> Drew Brees. Drew Brees' arm talent is starting to 
dwindle. And I think a lot of people think Tom Brady's is too, what? but it's hot. I, I was just going to say, have you see, did you see Tom throw the ball into the he was, dirt last year? He was the most accurate passer on 10 to 20-yard passes. Nah, so con- they were so conservative last year with him in that offense. They had no weapons. It's not, yeah, Drew, Brees, it's Drew, not, Brees the, the, Drew Brees had the leading wide receiver in the NFL last year. Yeah, and he was putting it pinpoint wherever it needed to be because that's all he does. <laughs> yeah, not uh, not dude, after week fifteen. I, I watched I watched Teddy Bridgewater go in, and I watched Drew Brees go back in to replace him, and I didn't see any difference. Mm. I think I think Drew Brees is done. I think he's toast. I think the Saints are going to be a flop this year. I really do. They I'm could. They could. Uh, I mean, I don't. Uh, I think he's going to be a flop for Drew Brees standards. How about that? I think they can win with him still, and I, and he'll still do put up decent numbers, but I don't think he's going to be the Drew Brees that we're accustomed to. His arm is starting to really take... Exactly. Like the past two years. The past two years in the playoffs, he's completely blown it. Like Because he can't throw the ball more oh, than 20 yards. Two years. The refs blew it two years oh. ago. He had a bad <laughs> game um, against the Vikings this year in the playoffs, but also um, what's his name? Zimmer had a crazy, crazy defensive scheme um, plan for them. They... That defense completely shut them down, but I'm still taking I'm still taking Breeze. He That's all he's done his whole career has been the most accurate passer of all time. Yeah, he's 41 yeah. now. Yeah, and then you just gave Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans. Exactly. Yeah, like and Bruce Arians and OJ Howard. I think OJ Howard's gonna have a huge bounce back with Tom Brady and Cameron Brady's a good tight end too. That offense uh, is gonna be fire. I'm telling the, you, I, I, I think that the offense numbers, is gonna light but, it up. I don't know the numbers, but how many times has that New Orleans Saints offense been either top ten or top five since Breeze got there? It's the consistency that that offense has with Breeze is it's uncanny. Like every year, the guy produces. Everybody now, wants people, to call Tom Brady assistant quarterback. What about Drew Breeze? He, <laughs> they're both. He, they both are. He looked nothing like he did in San Diego that he does now with Sean Payton. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. But I don't know why people are just assuming that Tom Brady's just because he has weapons now, Tom Brady's going to go back in a time machine and be 25 years old and start slinging the ball he, around. He's not, though. But like he still has, so, he still has arm strength. Like Drew Brees doesn't have anything left I in that arm. I don't think Brady has arm strength. Yes, so, he does. Oh, he, he literally he did lead the NFL in the most accurate passes, 10 to 20 yards in the air last year. How like on um, what kind of sample size though did he? He That's must the thing have thrown that many. Yeah, so, uh, he threw a league a league average amount. So okay, okay, you got me there if you want to go with that route. But then I look at their wide receivers and I'm like, oh, that's why. Yeah, no, I I agree with the system is hard to hard to compare because Breeze was loaded with weapons last year. I mean, but... we're gonna find out because this is Bruce Arians' burn brother is the ten to twenty yard passes so yeah we'll oh, see I can't wait. D, we're gonna have to figure out some sort of bet for saints yeah in the box we, we gotta get we gotta get a wager on this i'm so sure that the saints will win that division next year oh they still could because the saints defense is good i think a lot yeah. of people are, are starting to get lost because their defense with breeze were never good now it's starting to become more potent um that's why I'm not really worried about the Manuel Sanders addition because I think Drew Brees' arm is not going to get him downfield that much anymore. And that's where Sanders really gets it is when he gets downfield. Um, I don't know. He it's going to be single it, coverage it, downfield, though, with Michael Thomas on the other side. It's true. And I still think they're going to be at a wide receiver in this draft, too. So they're going to have some weapons. To work. I, yeah, I mean, it's tough, man. It's, it's either going to be the Saints or the Bucks. Yeah, who you, or, I, I can't, I can't remember. I follow the Falcons too. The, I, I like what the Falcons have <laughs> no, done. No, man, Dan Quinn is horrible. Yeah, but their they, offensive line last year was hurt a whole year. They're getting a healthy offensive line, adding Todd Gurley. See, I think the people are sleeping on the Falcons. I'm not saying they're gonna be like a 10 win team or next year, next year, but. They're, it's not going to be easy to go in that Georgia Dome and come out with a win. Here's the thing about they, the Falcons. They, they had the worst injuries last year next to the Eagles, I think. So, like, they, there was no chance last year for the Falcons. So, I, if they stay healthy, I, I, they, they're the only team ever take this in in the history of the NFL to go into week one with every single offensive starter being a first round draft pick. Yes. Yeah, so, every single, every single player on that offense is a first round draft pick. 
their offensive line, even though it was banged up last year, is not going to have any chemistry going into next year because most of those guys were new anyways. Yeah. I agree they were rookies that. coming in, and then some of them were just new to begin with. But Dan Quinn's a horrible coach. I think a lot of people get lost in the fact that they Why do his good. players love him so much? Because he's a player's coach. He's yeah. not good, though. You look at the the the, uh, the seasons that he was successful. Kyle Shanahan was calling the offense, and he yeah, wasn't they, calling They play. both blew it. Like they're probably Dan Quinn probably can't even sleep at night thinking about what he did in that Super Bowl. Yeah. I, and then the defensive side of the ball, you had Marquis Manuel calling plays when the Falcons' defense was at its best, and now it hasn't been anywhere close. Yeah. I'm just he, saying, I think everybody's talking about the box, the box. Oh, and then there's still the Saints. The Saints is like, hold on here. They're still a very good team in the Falcons in that division that nobody's giving any attention to. I I wouldn't be surprised if the Falcons make the playoffs. They gave year. up. They gave up a second round and a fourth round pick for the Ravens' third tight end. Yeah, one of the most underrated moves of the offseason the Ravens had there. Oh, yeah. dude, that was that's a highway robbery because yeah. Harris wasn't on their plans moving forward, and they weren't going to pick up his fifth year option. They had Nick Boyle, who's their best, honestly, the best blocking tight end in the league, and then Mark Andrews, who's an ascending talent. Um, yeah. Fantasy stud see, for me last year. Hayden Hurst will be a lot different with Matt Ryan, so. We'll see how it goes, but I mean, I can't believe they gave up that much for him. Yeah, uh, I, I, that hurt. That hurts him a lot. Their secondary, their secondary is not good. And they got Calais Campbell for a fifth round pick. Yeah, Baltimore yeah. is was robbed teams. So I mean, I, I look at the Falcons and I'm like, they're not coached well. Dan Quinn's not a good coach. Their deep, their secondary is looking really suspect now. Even with, I mean, Trufant, I think is done anyways. His yeah. best years are clearly behind him, but. Uh, they have nobody there. They have Isaiah Oliver. They, their safeties are okay. KZ, uh, Neil, and uh, Ricardo Allen. But they, their corners are really, really weak. And then they give away compensation for Hayden Hurst where you can address that cornerback position. Yeah. They actually they gave up the same thing that the Cardinals gave up for Hawkins. They gave up for Hurst. Yeah, I don't have any faith <laughs> in that Falcons team. I have no faith in that Falcons team. I don't think yeah. Dimitrov's a good GM. I think uh, Dan Quinn's not a good coach. I thought they should have fired him. I would be more higher on them if they would have fired him and brought a new coach in. But uh, do you think? Do you think Gurley has anything left? I think he can score, but he's not. He's not going to get you five yards per carry. You're lucky to get three out of him. His yeah, knees are you're, bad. You're man. only getting. You're getting less than twenty snaps a game out of him. But he's only twenty five years old. He has yeah, arthritis in his knees, though. It's it's really ruining him. Uh. He'll score a lot though. If they get in the red zone a lot, then they got they got somebody that's going to score a lot at least. So that's actually like, been the Falcons' struggles the last few years is red zone. Well, they, right. can't, they, so they haven't had a running back, right? Devontae Freeman. They gave him that massive contract, and he just completely flopped. Yeah, yeah. and Tevin Coleman was really just the product of Shanahan, to be honest, because Shanahan can make any running back look good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like Gurley for their red zone weaknesses, but. Their defense is just really – they had, like, no pass rush last year, and I don't think Dante Fowler is going to come in and solve all your problems either because he's yeah. a very inconsistent pass rusher. Um, that, that division, that division straight up, is probably the most interesting division going into a season I've ever seen. Like, like, and, the Buccaneers have a lot more holes than the Saints, too. Uh, their secondary is questionable, to say the least. Oh, it's they're terrible. All, their offensive yeah. line's horrible. Um, their run game, they have to – they're going to have to draft the running back high now. Because Ronald Jones is – he's not it. He's he's a good running back, but he, he's a guy you have to have in a committee. So yeah, they, they lost to... Peyton Barber too. He yeah, went to the Redskins, I think, I, right? They'll yeah. be all right with that. Well, so yeah. Greg Allman of The Athletic was on our show the other day, and he said they're definitely going tackle. They have to. Pick. Yeah. They have to get – if Andrew Thomas is on the board, they have to run and make that pick. Uh, they need they need offensive tackle bad. Donovan Smith is not good. Yeah. They, they they franchise tied him the year before and paid him. Them. I I don't know why. I have no idea why. He's not yeah. good. Oh, Ali Marpet's probably their best offensive lineman, and that's probably much it. Yeah. So that's uh, another huge factor is why I like the Saints more than the Bucks. Uh, <laughs> the Saints have the better defense and the better offensive line. We're Saints gonna argue are- about this all summer. All Saints summer. Have- I can't wait. What's the bet gonna be? We're gonna have to think of something good. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. We got to have a top five gotta... offensive line, and nobody talks about it. Yeah, nobody. 
it's it's crazy that that division i've never seen like the old nfc east remember like the mid-2000s nfc east division like th that was like prime time nfc football and it, it's kind of lost right like they're the nfc east has completely slowed down um not the way it used to be so this it's cool to see kind of like this complete overhaul of all of these teams like the carolina panthers completely flipped the their team over like everyone they, if you look at the departures on the carolina panthers they have lost like 10 starters and they just so, bring in this college coach, this unproven college coach. It's like Chip Kelly all over again for them. And it blows my mind. I've never seen anything like what Matt Rule's doing. So my theory on that one, because I talked about it on my podcast, was you bring in a college coach and Matt Rule, you bring in a college offensive coordinator and Joe Brady, who was with the Saints a year prior, but he, he's from LSU. Um, and you make all these moves, you clearly are taking for Trevor Lawrence. You have two college guys who know Trevor Lawrence well, especially Joe Brady who played against them at LSU. So, uh, to me, all their moves are saying, we're going to go ahead and try this year and see what we got in Teddy since he knows Joe Brady's system. But whatever happens, happens. We might end up really being bad because our defense looks awful on paper. Uh, yeah, losing Luke Keekly just put them back so they far. They lost a lot of pieces. They, they lost, lost their, they lost their two best probably franchise players, right? Brennan Butler, and Mario Kim Addison. Yeah. Like they, their defense is – James Bradbury. They lost everybody on defense. Yeah. So, that's a team where I think is going all in on Trevor Lawrence more than even the Patriots are. I think they're going yeah. all in. You have two right now, it's like them and the Jags. Yeah. The Jags I, are bad. I think, I think they're, they're primed for the first pick next year. Yeah. I think a lot of people – because, I mean, there's two quarterbacks coming out that are going to be worthy of the top – 10 picks next year, and it's Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, and that's about there's it. Always, there's always that team that starts the year like 0-3 and then just decides to pack it in and go for it. So it's too early to tell who's going to get Lawrence, but we'll see. The Jaguars really like Gardner Mishy more than Twitter does, though. I will say that. <laughs> they like him a lot more. They felt because nobody's a gamer. Nobody was offering anything. I love Mishy. Until the Bears finally came out of nowhere and said, all right, we'll finally trade for him. Because yeah. they, they were prepared to go in. Because this is a week's process here. The Bears inquired at the Combine, but they didn't. They weren't seriously in on it until all the quarterback options started to dwindle away. They were in on Teddy. That was the guy that they wanted was Teddy. So the Jaguars were prepared to go into the season with Nick Foles on the roster and competing with Gardner uh, in training camp. But... Now that they finally got somebody to take Nick Foles, you look at what they're doing. They're all in on Gardner. So we'll just see how he plays this year and determines his future from here on out. But I think a lot of people sleep on how much they're in on him. He's probably had the craziest career path out of any athlete ever, Nick Foles. He's, what, this is his 15 now? And he was just a Super Bowl MVP two years ago. Never started it's, a full season in his career. Yeah, it's it blows my mind. Never has started 16 games in his career, and I don't think it's going to happen in Chicago either. All right, Connor, let's talk some birds before we go. I have a couple of questions for you. Um, my opinion on this offseason is he has Howie Roseman hasn't really done anything to kind of solidify some faith for me, if that makes sense. Like I, I'm still worried about this offense. There was a, I, I tweeted the other day, and you kind of you replied to me saying that you shouldn't look at stats. There was a time this year when the Eagles offense, it was just so flat. It was they played the Bears, Patriots, and Seahawks. It was a three-game stretch, and this team could not move the ball at all. It was that Patriots and Seahawks games. Both those games were hard to watch, mm -hmm. and they haven't they haven't done anything yet to solidify Carson Wentz to help them out. So what is like? What's your overall opinion so far on the moves? Um, we, we won't go in depth into all of them. I love the Hargrave signing. Um, I like the Coleman signing. The the Slay trade. We'll see. Like I, I like the I sort of like the moves they made, but they haven't touched the offensive side of the ball yet. So like, what what is your kind of like overall opinion on the offense, um, offensive side of the ball, and what how he's done? So far, and what do you think they do with the draft? Like, how do you get when some weapons now? Everyone's gone to free agency. It's all up to the draft. So, like, what what's your kind of like like your dream offseason for now for the offense? Do you think they trade up? Do you think they trade for like a Odell Beckham or something like that? Like, what would you like to see them do? So, to go into that, um, look, you look at the wide receiver position. And I know I was clamoring for Rashard Perryman. The reason why I was is because he's starting to hit his stride at the right time. I think a lot of people are like, well, he was with the Bucks and Arian System and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Listen, he those last four games, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin weren't on the field. 
he was the main focus of the defense was Bashar Perryman, and he was destroying coverage. Uh, I think he's just finally starting to piece it all together and starting to get healthy and starting to really under- get a grasp on the NFL. So that's why I wanted to bring him in because you're you're paying for when you sign somebody in free agency, you're trying to get you're, you're not basing it on their past, you're basing it on what you think they can bring to your team. And I'm looking at Deshaun Jackson not only playing one game last year, and I'm like, they need insurance at a vertical threat, and that's why I wanted Bashar Perryman. But at the same time, I completely understand them not being in the wide receiver market because Robbie Anderson is a one-trick pony. I don't care what anybody says, he is. Uh, I'm not giving him $12 million in the first year of his contract. I'm sorry, that's not happening. That's one of the highest cap hits on the Eagles if they did that. So I understand, because you look at this wide receiver class – I think a lot of people are like, well, yeah, it's the top three guys. You're not wrong in that essence, but there's about nine to ten wide receivers in this class that will contribute to their team immediately. That's how strong this class is. That's why people keep talking about how strong this class is. It's so loaded and all that stuff. They're not kidding. I mean, people went to the combine and fell asleep during other drills that were going on, but everybody was wide awake for the whole entire entirety of the wide receiver drills. Because there's so many guys that are on that are coming into this draft. There's going to be more guys from this wide receiver class that contribute than last year. And that's even crazy to say because you saw how many wide receivers contributed last so, year. So what would you do? Would you trade up? Like, are you fine at 21? Like, you got a guy like Rager or Mims? Like, I, it, it, I, I don't know. I would trade what... down a little bit. I would move back. I, I would call the Packers and say, hey, you really want Patrick Queen? You need to move up to 21 because we need a linebacker too. Just play bluff them because you know the Eagles aren't going to go well, linebacker. The, Pac- the Packers are going receiver though, hundred percent. They need to get Rogers some help. I don't know. I think they might go linebacker to be honest with you, because you could go because the Packers could also go with it. They had, I know that they they need wide receiver help. But they did sign Devin Fudges, who I mean is a wild card at this point. But I mean with Aaron Rodgers, anybody can be productive. Uh, this class is so deep. They need I like they need an inside linebacker more than anything. And I, I like what you said about this class being so deep. Personally, I actually think there's a chance that those teams early in the first round address other positions because they think that they could get a starting caliber wide receiver in the second round. I think there's a chance that Lamb falls to 21, boys. I'm not. The more I look into it, I think no there's a chance. chance he does. I, I say no chance. I think if I had to pick a wide receiver that falls that far, it's either be Ruggs or Judy, and I don't think Lamb is. I think oh, I think, think Rugs is the dangerous one out of those three. Um, yeah, I would think Judy wise. is the one that drops little. They're, but... they're all such studs. Like it, it blo- I've never seen like three guys coming out of college like this at one position. So yeah, which is why I think there's a chance one falls to twenty one. Right, Veg- and if I had to pick one, it would be Judy. If I had to pick one, because I've heard people say as like I've I've seen people that were at the combine say that Rugs has an AB type ceiling. So oh, if, like Rugs is the highest ceiling by far out of any of them. If so, if teams really the believe that they're going to draft him right away. So, like, I mean, are you? Would you be happy with a, just a ragger and maybe like in a third round pick or a second? You take a dude, guy like honestly, Misko or like Higgins. Like, are you happy with two of those? And that's what you're going to walk into the season. Wentz is going to have Alshon, Deshaun, and then the two rookies and Greg Ward and JJ. Like, that's that's the plan. I know that doesn't excite you, but I guarantee you that. Besides Mari Cooper, mostly Mims, Rieger, Jefferson can produce just as much as Robbie Anderson, Richard Perryman. Oh no, I, I wasn't big on I wasn't big on Perryman or, or Anderson from the start. It was more the fact that Hopkins goes for a second round pick in a, in a washed running back, and we're and we weren't in on right. it. Right, they wanted they wanted twenty one and a third from the Eagles over. Oh, I would have done that in a heartbeat. It's just tough, man. I mean, I don't necessarily disagree but you have to pay him 20 million per year they're clearly not going to get out of Alshon deal. they're stuck with Alshon yeah gonna, um, he's going to be on the roster next year I, I I said the same thing I, I think he's with us I don't think uh, I don't think any team's taking him on a trade and it doesn't make sense to cut the guy just no the they're not going to cut they're up. not going to cut him they're not going to take that I think a lot of people are like well, we'll just take the dead cap hit Howie Roseman is not taking a 26 million dollar dead cap hit that's never going to happen He's gonna keep Alshon's still got a little left too. He's, he's got he nothing does. left. I mean, he, a little. I mean, Miami was a garbage time game, but he did have a hundred yards. But <laughs> oh man, that game gives me night. I've always liked Alshon. You know that. Yeah. I mean, you can't really rely on him to stay healthy though either. Neither Deshaun Jackson either, right? Like, you can't. 
you, so that's, that, that's my point. Like, if those guys go down again, Deshaun goes down for the year, for instance, halfway through the season. Alshon, for instance, something happens to him. We're going to be left with Greg Ward, two rookies, and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Again, that is going to be the plan. Like, I don't like, – I, I listen is. to birds – I don't know if you listen to birds with friends on The Athletic, uh, Bo Wolf, um, Zach Berman – and mm-hmm. Shelby they they were saying the same thing, and they they kind of convinced you like I don't really know what they're like if they think JJ or think White is going to take a big step up or what. Like uh, I don't they know. Do I, I'm I don't not, know why they do. Like, I, I, I would have been in on Hopkins. I would have been gouging for uh, Stefan Diggs, someone like that, just to give Wentz a guy. I don't know. Um, but like, but before we go, I want just your overall opinion. Do you like what I was done? Are you happy with the offseason so far? Because we're kind of in the second wave of free agency, so the roster is kind of set. Are you? You got any uh, excitement or are you kind of uh, – Oh, yeah, that like secondary is finally going to be formidable at least because, I mean, I, I wrote about it too. Jalen knows in Malcolm Jenkins' role is not as bad as what people think. He's really a threat around the line of scrimmage. He's, oh, he's, I think he's, that's terrible. <laughs> I, I don't like that at all either, Warner. Yeah. Malcolm yeah. Jenkins did so much for that defense. Um Expecting Jalen Mills to replicate that, I think it's not. Yeah, it's not that Malcolm left. It's more the fact that they're putting Jalen Mills in his spot. I don't expect him to replicate that. I expect him to, because I mean, you look at how they were using Jenkins lately. They don't. The Eagles didn't think that highly of him anymore. No, they didn't. How we wanted him gone from the start, you could tell. Well, not even that. You look at his snaps. They played him a lot in the box. They, especially after that Vikings game, they were like, "We're not putting Jenkins in coverage anymore. We're going to keep him around the box." So. You look at how they're covering tight ends and stuff, though. I would and, and the I, leadership I thought... aspect, right? Like he was, he was the face of our franchise in 2017. Like for that Super Bowl run, he was the guy doing all the speeches at the end. He was like, he was the one that kind of led this team. And right, you're gonna miss his leadership for sure, but you're not gonna extend a guy who you think is pretty much your third linebacker. I lo- look, I love Jenkins, and I, I really, it hurts to see him gone. I, one of my favorite players of all time, but. From the financial standpoint and how they were using him standpoint, I get it because you look at all the you look at how they signed Jalen Mills, Will Parks, and Nicole Ruby Coleman. All those money combined is still a little bit less than what Jenkins was going to get the next year. So the, they used the quantity in that mindset, but Jenkins' coverage was getting bad. It wasn't getting better. He was missing some – a lot of people kill Razul Douglas for that Vikings game when Desan digs to beat him on the deep post and he barely even ran with him. But you were supposed to have safety help over the top and Jenkins missed that assignment and admitted it too. It's not the defense that worries me at all, right? Like I'm – I think they're going to be a middle-of-the-pack defense. Like they, they're going to be in that 10 to 20 range. They were last year. They've always kind of been that way with Jim Schwartz. I'm just worried about the offense – um, I, I if it took a Carson Wentz kind of dream run in the last four games to kind of take this team mm-hmm. to the playoffs, right? So I look, I'm not, I'm not as excited as a lot of people are. Um, the offense I, I is going to struggle. It's exactly. going to go through struggles again. Yeah, and I, I, I really hope. I, I'm really looking for. I'm looking looking for like kind of that Howie Roseman like late season trade to kind of get get some sort of star, some sort of like boost, right? Like I'm just, I don't, I don't trust rookie wide receivers. Um, I, I, I love this. I love this class. Receiver. Yeah, yeah, I think so do I. At, when you look at guys that are probably going to start losing their jobs soon because of these rookies coming in, a guy that I would let me think off the top of my head, a guy that I would see them being interested in is Marvin Jones from the Lions. Yeah, wow. yeah, I like that too. I get DJ Moore from Carolina, it, uh, really intrigues me. Uh, I think if you got to pick Carolina wide receiver, it's going to be Curtis Samuel, not DJ. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I they're they're, they're going to move one of them, right? But like, yeah. I feel like, but like, I'm looking for like just that kind of Howie Roseman move. I, I don't know. I'm look. I, I'm I'm not going to be the biased guy and say I'm really excited and I love what Howie Roseman done. I'm not. I'm just this offseason. I just that offense just scares me. And I love what they did on the defense because that. Oh, I, I that, agree with you. That pass rush is going to be crazy, and then the secondary is at least because Nicole Roby Coleman sluts, shuts down the slot. So now you have guys yeah. that shut down the slot no matter what. Slay's going to play outplay way better than we've ever seen in the last couple of years on the outside. Cornerback, uh, too, at this point is just a luxury more than anything. Uh, I, I even think that's an either, it's still an option in the first round. I think a lot of people are like, oh, they're not going to go corner in the first round. I, I wouldn't say that. It depends how, how the board goes because you're right. You look at these wide receivers that are going to be probably available at 21. I would move down for almost all of them. I wouldn't sit at 21 and just be satisfied well, with that wide receiver. I would yeah, I agree with you. If, if I was going to – if you don't get the top three, I'd move down and pick one of I was going to say move to 30 and take Jalen Rieger. 
because I love I, I love Rager. Rager's I'm in love with that guy. I think he's I think he's the guy at in the late first round that the Eagles should take. Um, and then you kind of I would double down for a second round pick and take a guy like I don't know if Higgins is going to fall or Chenault or something like that. I think you got to double down receivers like that, and it doesn't look like they're going to trade up now, right? Because of the slight trade. So I would agree with you. Um, I think I, I if Jalen Rieger had any type of quarterback accuracy, he would be the undisputed wide receiver four in this draft, and nobody would even blink an eye. Yeah, no one's no one's looked at that. He played for TC, right? So, well, like anyways, that, his quarterback had a thirty percent completion percentage when targeting him. That's yeah. the lowest of the class. And so, if you look at him, he's kind of like a rugs 2.0. So yeah, it's it's interesting, right? We don't know what's gonna happen. I feel like this draft, it's how Rose has got a lot uh a lot riding on it, man. He's gotta he's gotta knock it out of the park. Anyways, Connor, I really appreciate your time, man. Um, we kind of not a lot of Eagles talk here. We kind of got off topic, but uh love talking some ball with you, man. Um, plug in your podcast and tell the listeners where they could uh, find you on Twitter. All right, so on Twitter it's at milesheet M-Y-L-E-S, and then my podcast is just another football podcast you can follow it on twitter at another football podcast but i enjoy talking with you guys i do think just to say this at the end of it the eagles will be adding a wide receiver at training camp like how they've done with ronald darby and Garrett blunt type late additions i do think we'll see because i i think how he just wants to see how the draft goes first before he makes a decision to do that but i can almost guarantee you they trade for a wide receiver at training camp Right, maybe we'll have you on when they do that again. Yeah, you definitely got to come back on uh, after the draft, and we could uh, we can kind of dissect exactly what's happened in the offseason. Anyways, appreciate everyone for listening. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Um, give us a five-star rating wherever you're listening to your podcast. Give Philly Sports Network um, a look if you don't know anything about it. One of the fastest-growing uh, fastest Philly websites in the sports world and really popular on Twitter. They're bringing in a lot of good writers. So, And we'll talk to you in a couple of days. Awesome.